This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey there, you're listening to More Than Potential, the podcast. On this show, we talk about mental health, well-being, and self-improvement from a Gen Z perspective. I'm your host, Faith. So, how are you guys doing? Good, good. I'm glad you're doing pretty good. I'm doing okay myself. Um, As I mentioned before, I am working full-time from home, which has been very interesting. I would say that I've had to do a lot of thinking about what I want the next six months to look like and how I'm going to ring in the new year. I'm already planning out what's going to happen in January of next year. I'm kind of shifting some things around. I'm in the process of moving. Business is taking off. So yeah, it's just a lot going on right now, (laughs) but all good things, all good things. It's pretty, pretty positive over here. Positive vibes. My cat Ice is doing great. He's sleeping next to me as I film this podcast episode. So hopefully he'll remain quiet because I won't have to edit him out if that's the case. So let's get to business. I did an episode on self-love previously. It was episode two. If you have not listened to that episode, I would suggest that you do. We had a lot of good conversations during that episode. And it's only 15 minutes, so you can hit it and quit it real quick. But I wanted to do a part two because I thought that there was so much more that we can discuss when it comes to self-love. And for this episode, I'm going to talk a lot about celebrity and being an Instagram influencer and what's going on. Because this brand is not just a podcast, it's also a blog. The blog was the first thing I started with before I even ventured into podcasting. So I recommend that you check out It's More Than Potential on Instagram and morethanpotential.com, which is the blog itself. A lot of the things I talk about on the podcast, I also talk on the blog. And, you know, I think some of the apprehensions that I've had about this brand have been related to how I feel about being an influencer in general. Like my relationship to social media has always been very tense because certain platforms like Instagram have only made me feel bad about myself. Like I truly think that when I used to have an Instagram, it the more I spent time on Instagram, the less and less good I felt about myself. I would constantly compare myself to these random people, not just celebrities, but just like random influencers. And I looked at their lives and it looked so perfect. And I'm not entirely sure whether it was worse comparing myself to random people that I didn't know or the people that I did know in my life. When I first joined Instagram, I was in high school at the time and I mainly followed people that I actually knew to some degree in person. 
And so I would look at people that I knew in high school and then later on in college, and I would see they would have thousands of people following them. And I felt horrible about myself because I could not even get half of what they had. Like they're getting hundreds of likes on a picture and I'm getting like five <laughs> or a good week for me was like 20 likes on one picture. Oh man, I feel like a star, you know? And so I used to think, man, like, what am I doing wrong? What, what, what's wrong with me? And I made the mistake that a lot of people make. I used to mistake interactions and engagement online to meant that I was valued and appreciated offline. And if I did not get that validation online, then I wasn't valued offline. And I, you know, it's like, if you have a million friends on Facebook, do you have a million friends in real life? I knew intellectually that that wasn't the case and that there was a difference between being online and being in real life. But what I felt was unappreciated and underloved and I didn't feel like I mattered. And so when I think about my relationship to social media, I always felt like I was being taken advantage of, like I was utilizing social media, but ultimately social media was using me. I was just another user out of millions and I was being sold on a lifestyle, on a brand, on a product constantly. And the end result was that I felt terrible about myself the longer that I used it. One thing that I did notice too is that, and this was a very, very astute observation for like a 16, 17 year old. I did notice that people were selling me on a lifestyle. It was like people were not just living their life and documenting it. Cause that's what I was doing. I was on Instagram. And if I chose to take a picture of something or saw something that I liked or took a picture with a friend, I would post it. If I liked it, I didn't really care about Instagram aesthetics or whatever else. I, if I liked it, I posted it. The problem was that people who were really popular were not doing this. They were marketing and branding their lifestyle as something to be desired and appreciated. And so I didn't know how to respond to this because honestly, I felt like if my lifestyle doesn't look like theirs, who could possibly care about what I have to say, you know? And I desired not just to look like them, but to be them, what I thought was them. I knew in, intellectually, right, that it took a lot of time and energy and effort to be an influencer. But at the same time, I felt like because this person was more desirable, more attractive, seemingly more interesting, seemingly more successful, right? That it was easier to live as them than it was to live as me. And that what I was seeing, for instance, if you are someone who hangs out with a bunch of celebrities, yes, Instagram is a carefully curated version of their life, but you can't just randomly come up with celebrities to hang out with and be your friends. Clearly, what we're seeing is just an exaggerated version of what they actually do in real life. But even what I perceived to be their real life adventures, that was objectively better than my reality. And I looked down on myself as a result. And when I think about the people that I used to know that were really popular on social media and had all these followers, I felt like, well, clearly they're more loved and more accepted. So how can I be more like them? Clearly their lifestyle is what I should aspire to because they're clearly doing all of this better than me. 
uh, I look back on that time period and, it, you know, I'm grateful that it had the wherewithal and the common sense to leave Instagram because I thought it was a negative, it had a negative impact on my life and my perception of myself. Because I didn't know who I was, my, my sense of self was so fragile at the time. Like I was still coming into my own. I was still learning about myself and trying to figure out what kind of person I was going to be. So any sort of outside interference that would affect my perception of self, I had to carefully assess and decide if I wanted it in my life or didn't. And luckily, you know, after seeing the data on Instagram and how young women specifically were susceptible to uh, the marketing and the branding and all the negative effects of comparison on Instagram, I realized that I fell into that number and I didn't sleep. So that's what I did. I left Instagram probably about my sophomore or junior year of college. And I was fine. Like it honestly didn't affect me. I was not a toxic user. I was not like someone who was compulsively on the app all the time. I was passively scrolling. But when I got rid of it, I got rid of it. And I was fine with that. Now, you know, as someone who has a brand, you know, I have a blog and I have a podcast. It's part of a larger brand. I'm marketing this brand. I'm using these different social media platforms. It's weird to return back to the space being in a different place in my life. Like I don't have such a fragile sense of self. I am of course still learning and discovering myself and finding out more things about myself, but my core sense of self has already started to take shape and I'm starting to see the person I will become in the future. So I am not as susceptible to that programming like I was when I was 16 or 17. One thing though, that still kind of perplexes me is this idea that I have to market my lifestyle and my brand as my brand, right? Like my ideas and my words and my voice is not enough that people want to see how I'm living to justify or validate my existence. And then they can look at that carefully curated, I guess, portrayal, the highlights of my life and be like, ah, that is something I aspire to. That's something that's admirable. So I will follow because I want to see this weird funhouse mirror version of their life that they probably don't actually live. It's still a weird concept for me. It, it honestly is. Like I understand from a marketing perspective, I understand that. But at the same time, I don't understand because it, it doesn't it doesn't seem real. It doesn't seem like genuine at all. And we all know it's not real, but yet we still buy into it. Don't understand. And I've come to understand too that perhaps I see this a lot differently than my peers do. Because for me, you know, I had to reluctantly agree to do all these sorts of things. I had to come to an understanding about the role that social media would play in building my brand and not running from it, but accepting it. I had to understand that there's different types of influencers now. That back in the day, influencers had to be a very specific type of person living a very specific type of lifestyle. But now there's so many different types of people, so many different types of brands. It's becoming a lot more inclusive. It's not as bad as it used to be. And I'm slowly opening my mind to that. And because of that, I'm allowing myself to kind of more openly accept the role that social media will play and what I'll have to do. But like I said, that was very hesitant. It was a very hesitant process for me. It took a lot of inner work to come to this conclusion and to be okay with this, to be at peace with that decision. But a lot of, you know, my friends, it seems like they only see the opportunities of being an influencer and not the burden. Like, the social responsibility aspect, people say that they understand, but I don't think they do. The 
cost of being a celebrity, the cost of being so easily recognizable and being seen, and the lack of privacy that entails, I, I think we take that for granted. And perhaps for our generation, like Gen Z, we take that for granted because we're seeing such a rapidly decreasing amount of space that's designed for the private and the personal, right? When we think about how much data is being collected on us on a daily basis for just random things like our our social media and internet usage, what we do, the purchases that we have, all of this is documented. It's somewhere in the cloud. It's somewhere in, in the digital world somewhere, right? There is a very rapidly diminishing aspect of the private and the personal, and we have become accustomed to it in the way that older generations still lament and they still are disturbed by. We just think it's normal that none of our life is really private and personal and exclusively our own anymore. And when I think about my friends, they spend so much time on social, social media curating these personalities that you guys see and you interpret one way, but I know them in real life. And I know that's not how they really are. You know, this idea that we're completely and totally ourselves on social media is bullshit. No one's really themselves. Like everyone is being an accepted, marketable version of themselves online. Because at the end of the day, we all are a brand. I think what we're being told is that everyone has a brand and that you should embrace it and use that to your advantage. And I understand that. But the problem is I don't want to be someone like myself. My core self is not something to be commodified and sold and marketed to other people for profit. I, I don't like the implications of that. Like, you don't get what I'm saying? Like, and the fact that everyone is on social media and they're putting forward their representative for everyone to like and accept and follow and share. And we don't see anything wrong with this, that that's not weird. I don't know. Maybe I just see things fundamentally differently, but I don't feel the need to be seen. A lot of what I do is for profit. The podcast and the, the blog is different because that is exclusively for my own benefit. My face is not attached to it. I'm not hiding from y'all. Like, if you want to know what I look like, I'm out here, right? I'm on LinkedIn, you know? I'm, I'm on Facebook. If you want to see me, you'll see me, right? <laughs> I'm not hard to find. But I want my words and my thoughts and my philosophy to take precedent because that's what I think matters. And that's what I want to, to, to show the world, right? The content, the merit of my arguments, not what I look like, my body, my lifestyle. Nobody cares, right? But for my friends, though, I, and people that I know just in general, there's this appeal to make themselves as a person and their lifestyle be put forward for everyone to see and to consume. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. And there is this desire to get more validation and more people following and sharing and engaging with them because I think we see the opportunity. This generation sees the opportunity and the money that can be made from that. I just see the cost. And, you know, there are some things that I want to keep private that I want to make exclusively my own offline, off camera, no recording, no pictures, no documentation not because I have anything to hide, but because I think some things are just so incredibly personal that it's an invasion. It, it feels like a violation almost. But I see people post any and everything online now, really, truly. And it's people that I know, any and everything online. I talk about random stuff. Well, for instance, one of the few social media platforms I use is Snapchat. I use Snapchat a lot. Now, Snapchat is just 
where I post, when I say random, I mean very random, like moments in my life where I'm like, oh, look at my cat doing this funny thing. Or, oh, look, here's a random thought I had. Or, oh, look, oh, look, there's a movie that I watched that I really liked. And this is exclusively for people who know me in person that I like and enjoy talking to. It's a very small number, right? It's not like a large group of people and it's all private. It's closely, it's very contained. It's not for public consumption. It's really not. It's for the, the few people that I truly like and care about for the most part. But what I put to the masses, what's public, that is very private and reserved. And it's, it's very carefully curated because I understand the responsibility that I have. If I post the wrong thing or I say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing, everything comes crashing down for you. You know what I'm saying? So I think even on Facebook, I'm private, but what I post on Facebook is still pretty reserved. It's very, very reserved for the most part. I don't say a whole lot anymore. I don't do a whole lot. It just exists. Every day I think about just deleting my Facebook and never getting back on there, honestly. That being said, um, I, I think that like this internal battle I have with my my relationship with social media, my need for it in some ways, my disdain for it in others. It's it's been very difficult to navigate, especially as someone with a brand. Um what I think the core differences are between me and some other people is that besides the fact that I definitely don't see just opportunities, I see burden, I see responsibility as it pertains to social media. I also have reconciled my need, or I guess my previous need, to be seen and witnessed by others to validate my existence. Because it seems like what feeds into narcissistic tendencies and behaviors is this constant need to be seen and witnessed in order to be no, like in, in order to be witnessed as valuable and seen as valuable and appreciated, right? Like if we are not seen doing something, did we actually do it? If we, you know. We're not witness protesting and fighting for justice. Did we really do it? You know, the hashtags and the the comments and the pictures and the videos of us documenting what we did, the receipts, right, as we like to call it, are just as important as actually having done it. Might, might be even more so. The appearance of is more important than, in some cases, actually having done the work. And so... For me, I, I really stand in opposition to this because I think that the need to be seen and witnessed has become so central in our view of ourselves and how we want to be seen by the world that we're willing to do any and everything in order to get that that validation. Because we feel like it's kind of like that I'm um, saying, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, does it make a sound? If we feel like if we didn't make some grandiose impact if the world is not watching us, if the world is not taking note of us and listening to what we're saying, did we matter? And I really want to introduce this concept and really get you guys to think about that because right now we're literally showing the world every aspect about us with without reservation in a lot of senses. But what is the payoff? I, I, don't, I don't see it. I don't see what the payoff is for that. I think that for me, I've learned to to diminish my ego to the point where I can tell when I just want to be seen and witnessed doing something and that it's not serving this higher purpose like I claim. It's just flattering my ego, right? That validation and approval that I'm seeking cannot come from an external source. It has to come from me, right? And that I matter. 
regardless of whether other people think I matter, regardless of whether the world sees me and notices me, I could die tomorrow. But the impact of that tree falling is felt by the forest. The impact of me dying, the impact of me like passing on to another plane of existence will be felt by those closest to me. And that's what matters because those people are the ones that matter. The people who love and care about me are the ones that matter. So how does this relate to self-love? Well, first and foremost, a lot of these concepts, not all of them come from me. I'm not just like this brilliant thinker and philosopher, right? But I've had to do a lot of thinking just in general about what loving myself actually means and what that will end up looking like as an adult. And to me, self-love is about honoring, respecting the past, present, and future versions of myself that will all come into alignment at the end of my journey, right? Who I have been and have always been, who I am currently, who I will become, all those versions of myself, they all matter. And I think that the only way I can say that I truly love myself is by honoring my commitments, respecting my body, respecting my autonomy and my choices in the present and, you know, making the sacrifices that will benefit my future self. So, for instance, even though it's annoying, perhaps I should be making up my bed every single day so that my future self at the end of the day will come to a clean bed in a renewed mindset. And it just makes me feel better hours later to come back to a clean, nice, well-made up bed versus one that's kind of disheveled and a little bit messy. Small gains, but big impact in my personal life. Um, I think that whew, when in terms of self-love, perhaps it's not going to be as clean cut and pretty. It's sometimes messy and complicated. It's not going to be like your Instagram feed, carefully curated perfected gallery of things caught at the right angle, the right moment with the right filter. It's it's more complex than that. It's not going to be aesthetically pleasing. It, it's going to be hard work sometimes. It's going to be difficult sometimes to, for example, walk away from a relationship that's not serving you in the in the immediate sense. And it's going to hurt, but it's going to hurt you a lot less now to walk away than to stick around for an extended period of time in a relationship that'll hurt you more in the long run, you know? Sometimes it's messy, it's complicated, it's not always that simple, and people may not agree with your choices. You know, being your being yourself, coming to understand what that means and living authentically to you, people may not agree with. You may lose friends because they may think that your authentic self doesn't align with their personal values or whatever, and that's fine. Everyone has to make choices that they have to stand by at the end of the day. But being true to yourself, understanding that people are not always going to agree with the choices that you make, but that it's okay, that you don't have to live for someone else's approval because you have to live with yourself at the end of the day. These are all concepts that play into my view of self-love. Now, one thing that you know has really been instrumental and understanding where I'm at now and, you know, uh, I guess like a guiding principle to live by. I'll just put it simply. A guiding principle to live by, something that I try to remember every day is that I have to make up my bed before I change the world. This is not a new concept. This is something that I personally didn't think of, but it was something that I heard. Um, I don't know if anyone knows who Jordan Peterson is. 
very controversial figure, not going to get into it, but he has this book called 12 Rules for Life. And I read the book, thought it was interesting, but there was a part in the book where he talks about basically making up your bed, mastering yourself before you try to master the, the domain that's external to you. And what I have interpreted that to mean and implemented in my life, what that means is I'm not going to fight the powers that be. I'm not going to risk my personal safety and well-being when I know that the choices that I have made in my life need to be revisited. For example, I know that the choices that are well within my control are you know, eating healthy, working out, going to therapy, doing some journaling, taking care of my cat being emotionally present for my family. These are very specific things that I know I can work on and be better at. And in order for me to love myself, I need to understand what's within my control and what's not. I cannot, I can't manage what happens outside of my domain. I, I can't. What I can do though is affect change right, right where I am. And so for me, that means by taking care of myself and being present, and loving myself enough to create boundaries and give energy to the people and things that are truly worth it, which means the people in my life that are worth it, I am creating change, right? That's what's important to me. The people in my life who matter, who love me, who support me, who've always encouraged me, I want to be my best self for them because that's what they deserve. That's what they deserve. I, they don't deserve you know, worn down, downtrodden version of myself. I come back from fighting the world and I'm not truly rejuvenated or revived. But they don't deserve that. They don't deserve that part of me. I can't be my best self for them or myself. So what that means is focusing on the things that are within my control, the decisions that directly impact my life that I know if I change this, my life and those around me will be indirectly benefited from it. That is what I'm putting my energy into these days. And I'm seeing the results of that. I'm focusing on, you know, drinking more water, exercising, taking care of myself, working on the self-care activities that are so hard for me to do because it requires discipline and also like prioritizing myself in ways that I haven't done in the past. It's learning how to treat myself over time. And, you know, like I said, this is a principle that not everyone believes in, not everyone supports. And I understand that. I don't expect that. But it's something that it's a decision that I've had to make for me because I know that I have not been prioritizing myself in the ways that I should have. And I am the one that will reap the, the negative side effects of that if I don't course correct, if I don't make some changes to live my best life now. So that being said, I would just wanted to encourage everyone to, um, <laughs> as it relates to social media, be a lot more thoughtful about your consumption. What are you trying to get out of social media? What are, what is the purpose? What is there a purpose? Do you have a purpose? I'd honestly like to know some of these things. If you guys have had a negative relationship with social media, if it's been positive for you, or if you feel like you've been comparing yourself to others that you know, or just random people, I'd be, I'd be curious to know because I know what my experience has been like, and I know what the data shows. So 
that being said, if you like this episode, curious to find out more, do me a favor and like and review this podcast. We are now available on Spotify and Apple Music and Anchor, right? We're slowly expanding our reach here. So please, if you're on Apple Podcasts, like and review this. Give me five stars because you love it that much. Please share with your friends. Um, of course, you can follow More Than Potential at It's More Than Potential on Instagram. You can also go visit the blog. I cover a lot of the same topics and a few additional things on the blog at morethanpotential.com. And like I always say, thank you for listening. It's time to do the work on ourselves. So if you're ready, you can go ahead and get started.